It was a ridiculous weekend of college football, but not maybe in the ways we thought it was going to be. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery here on a Monday afternoon. Glad to have you all hanging out as we recap the weekend of just upset after upset after silliness after silliness, and then just a couple of good old-fashioned butt whoopings. Uh, from a couple teams that are trying to separate themselves from the pack. So much to dive into today. I want to put some historical perspective on what this Georgia defense has done through five games. We'll do that here in a little while. But Cam, I'm going to ask you, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the upsets that were? Or do you want to start with the just first-round knockouts that we saw? Uh Let's talk about the knockouts, man. Okay, you just want to go ahead and get that one out of the way like Georgia yeah. and Alabama did? Because I have a few things to say about those upsets. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get out, get these knockouts out of the way. All right, so uh, let's start with Georgia. Let's start with the home team. Georgia just eviser- eviscerates Arkansas oh, yeah. in this game. Just uh, Let's start with this. Sanford Stadium was nuts. <laughs> yeah, That was, was a really <laughs> cool and kind of unique thing to see because typically when you're playing a noon game, it's – okay, it's Georgia, so they're a brand, and they'll bring some recognition, and they're playing a team that maybe other people wouldn't tune in to watch otherwise, but it's Georgia, so uh, we'll put that one on at noon and get some viewers in that noon slot. This was kind of unique, and I thought it was interesting to watch it on TV. Uh, Obviously, college game day was cool because you had them starting in one spot and then ending up where you have the pick segment where they're going through, and they have Harris English on, who's Mm -hmm. a St. Simon's resident, Valdosta native. Uh, He's the guest picker, just uh, was a part of the team that won the Ryder Cup. But in the background, you're looking down into Sanford Stadium, packed out uh, just before noon. And then you go inside of it, and it's the full-on ESPN primetime broadcast, but at noon at Sanford Stadium. And I thought they did a better job than anyone I've seen broadcast-wise of really – kind of showing you what it looks like and how it feels inside Sanford because they kept doing those wide kind of sweeping crowd shots Mm -hmm. during the game and you really got to feel what it's like because I've been to a ton of noon games at Sanford Stadium it's a beautiful campus like looking out of the press box uh, through the west end zone and up the street going into downtown Athens is just gorgeous Uh, but I thought they did a really nice job and it just it was different we've seen obviously night games at Sanford Stadium are really cool we've seen plenty of 330 games but to see like the primetime broadcast of a noon game between two really good teams. I thought that was interesting, but more so than that, I don't know if you heard the Holly Rose stat that she gave during the game, is during the whiteout at Penn State where Auburn went up there, mm-hmm. they, they measure, game day brings with them, they will measure the decibels mm-hmm. of what the student section of the stadium is cranking out. When Penn State and Auburn was at its crux, when it was getting loud in there, 105 decibels. I mean, it's loud. Loud. Yeah. Georgia, who has roughly, I want to say, maybe 10,000 less seats in that stadium than Penn State, they said, they said the first, the first series mm-hmm. against Arkansas at noon was 110 Ooh. decibels. <laughs> so 10,000 people less, but five decibels louder. Kirby Smart asked the fan base to come out and be elite, mm-hmm. and it was like early, loud, in- intoxicated. Uh, he didn't say that, but that's probably mm-hmm. what the majority of them were. Uh <laughs> They did the acronym, but it was. I thought Sanford Stadium was nuts, and it showed Arkansas. That was their first true road game because they played at a neutral site against Texas A&M. Yeah. But beyond that, they played at home and yeah. beating the hell out of Texas, beating up on poor little George Southern. Uh, it, it was it was rough, right? 
now they have to hit their first true road game. And Cam, I'm curious, how many of those guys have actually played significant snaps in a true road game? Because last year, yeah, they hit the road, but it was in front of 20,000 people. They yeah. they didn't have to play in front of 93,000 screaming fans. Yeah, so that, that, I thought I thought that was a huge factor early. Yeah, that's what I love about fans. Uh, just being back this year, uh, some of those guys, those true freshmen and sophomores that didn't get playing time the year before last, they actually get their first you know couple of true road tests, and now you're seeing an environment like that. That's it's pretty hostile, and I mean that's that's the that's the beauty about college football. You don't get that. You get you get fans in the stands, in the NFL, NBA, but you don't get that type of no. crazy college kids screaming at you. It, you don't get that in any other sport but college football. Yeah, and you get the, a couple of penalties early in the game. Like they couldn't even get a snap off yeah. that first drive. And I put it out, that's the fourth time out of five games this season that a team has totaled negative yards mm-hmm. on their opening series against Georgia. Which is insane, yeah. And the only team that has gone for positive yards is South Carolina because they hit that big, long throw mm-hmm. down the sideline and then ended up missing a field goal, I think, mm-hmm. uh, on that opening series, and Zeb Nolan got hurt. Uh, but beyond that, it's been negative yardage for teams. And that was actually on the first drive of the first half. And then the second half, too, Arkansas's first drive, they went backwards. Total on the game, which I think Arkansas may be the new official team of our show with BJ, Ben, and Kevin. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. why in a second. Arkansas on seven out of 10 drives. Okay. Three and out. <laughs> you got seven me there. Three and out. <laughs> out of 10 drives were three and outs. Like, if I told you seven out of ten drives you got to stop, you're like, all right, that's elite. Yeah. Seven out of ten drives were three and outs. Three and outs, The furthest they made it into Georgia territory was the 34-yard line. Yeah. And that was on the last play of the game. Man, it's something. You got to give this Georgia defense some credit, man. I've seen a couple of Dawes fans complaining on, you know, Twitter saying we're not, you know, running up the score. It's the number eight team in the country. We have a backup quarterback, and we're missing a couple of pass catchers out there. And we just held them thirty-seven to zero, and y'all are complaining. Well, and you threw you, <laughs> and you threw eleven passes, completed seven of them. I thought Stetson looked really good that first drive, but then after that, it was you really didn't need him, and he never really got a chance to get into a rhythm. Yeah, because and, and the, uh, give we'll give Arkansas's defense a little bit of credit mm-hmm. because number one, they played a lot of snaps. Yeah, they because did. it was <laughs> it was get scored on, kick off, team goes three and out. You're right back out there. Yeah. And I thought Georgia's offensive line looked fired up to play in this game because yeah. they were going against Sam Pittman. And uh, we haven't seen a rushing performance like that. I, I'm glad a lot of people, happened. A lot of people were saying it looked like South Carolina from last year, and it kind of did, but this was such a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Last year, South Carolina, it was late in the season. Both teams were out of it. South Carolina, uh, I think by that yeah, they fired their head coach by that mm-hmm. point. They were playing, uh, they were playing maybe 50 to 60% of their team or of their starters was uh, were in that game because you had guys who had opted out and you had guys with COVID protocol. So that's a completely different situation. What Georgia did on the ground in this game against a top eight team was ridiculous. And you didn't really need Stetson Bennett to throw it around that much, but that I think is going to be so huge just for the confidence of this team going forward saying, look, if you guys, because Arkansas was the first team we've seen do this for the most part against Georgia Mm -hmm. teams like Clemson and Cincinnati last year in the peach bowl, they're going to stack the box yeah. and say, hey, our DBs are as good as your wide receivers. We're mm-hmm. not going to let you run on us. Arkansas is kind of different. They wanted to keep everything in front of them. Georgia's like, fine. We'll, take seven, take, yeah. Yeah, we'll take seven yards at a time. Yep, we're going to take what you give us. Um, man, I, I, I was impressed uh, by Georgia 
I really was. Um, when you go in there and beat the number eight team in the country, 37, 37 to zero, with your backup quarterback, that's something to say, not just about your defense, but the team, the coaching, because that's hard for anybody. But two, I will say this. I mean, just watching the game, I watched Georgia. I watched Bama closely. I watched Bama to the end. I watched Georgia kind of like basically beginning of the fourth quarter, but I watched Bama all the way through. This is the best shot Georgia's going to have. Uh, I, I, I really think so. And I, what I mean by that is they're going to compete every year because of what the foundation curve is laid. But if you're talking about a year in which you can actually get Bama, you can get them, get over that hump. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you got two more seasons year. of Bryce Young. Yeah, you got two more seasons of Bryce Young. He's, he looks really good, but if you're going to get him, I don't know. Maybe, this is the maybe, time, maybe one more season of Bryce Young. Maybe he's so good that he leaves after just starting for two years. I could, I could see that. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think Georgia's defensive line reminds me a little bit of 2016 Clemson where you yeah. have Clinton Farrell and Christian Wilkins and those dudes across the board where it's they go – and they have a bunch of freshmen on that defensive line who mm -hmm. go do stuff. I mean, Jordan Davis is the name, yeah. but Devonta Wyatt's been unbelievable. I think he was just named the SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. Mm -hmm. uh, he got that sack against uh, K.J. Jefferson on the first drive there. Uh, I mean, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, not yeah. just on defense, but <laughs> blocking three dudes <laughs> on offense. That was really the first time we saw that uh, package since Tennessee last year. Uh, but I, I love that. And I loved how aggressive Todd Munkin was. And when you say aggressive, everyone's like, oh, throwing deep? No, I mean, mm. he was just, he was like, we're going to smack you in the mouth. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you can see he was hyped up to just run the football and it was creative. But a lot of it was just keep putting people in the box. Like, you're trying to adjust, you mm. can't handle us. And the offensive line, I thought, played their best game, at least rushing the football wise that we've seen. So just, and we're going to dive more into Georgia uh, coming up here uh, in a little bit. But you, you mentioned Alabama there. <laughs> I heard Paul Feinbaum talking about this. He said he talked to Nick Saban prior to that game, and he said it's very rare that he sees Nick Saban calm before a game. But he said Nick Saban was just kind of happy-go-lucky talking to him, no pressure, just seemed happy. And I think that kind of showed in this game is everyone's like, Yo, Ole Miss put 48 points on them last year. Ole Miss uh, they, got this crazy offense right now. Ole Miss, they got a little bit of a defense now. Maybe they can hang with Alabama. I mean, if there's going to be a team that's going to beat them, it's going to be Ole Miss. Here we go. Nick Saban was eating that up. Yeah. Eating that up. Said they had a really good week of practice, which, I mean, Nick Saban rarely says that. He's like, ah, oh, you know, we had practice. No, he said they had a really good week of practice, which is horrifying to hear from an Alabama team. But I still thought Ole Miss was able to move the ball on them a little bit. They were. But I thought, and I, this is so hard to micromanage this, I thought the first two fourth down plays mm -hmm. – Perfect. Good good decision. The third but one, take one, the points. Once you get into Alabama territory, say, we just had a successful drive, let's kick a field goal, let's get on the board, and let's go play defense. And they didn't do that. And then I thought the next two fourth down attempts were just silly. Play defense, man. And I understand the thought process. Like, we're on, like, the 40-plus the yard line, and if you punt it okay, then you gain, like, 30 yards. If you punt it really well, though, mm -hmm. you can flip the field, put it inside the 10. So maybe that's just him. But I, it just felt more like Lane Kiffin – wanted to be hyper-aggressive mm -hmm. this entire game, and I thought it really affected the team. He put his defense just in bad situations the whole game, and if you do that against Bryce Young in Alabama, and honestly, it wasn't quite Bryce Young. It was really Brian Robinson mm -hmm. who had 36-plus carries, 171 yards, and four, four touchdowns, touchdowns. Yep. in that game. So, I mean, that was an old-school Alabama performance, and you see 42-21. The game was 42-7 to with 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. This mm -hmm. was just – I'm not going to name which coach told me this, but I remember talking to a high school coach, and we were just talking about college coaches because uh, they get a good inside view of like who they are as a person, and they mm -hmm. obviously know the game of football. 
we talked a lot about a lot of coaches. Then we got to Nick Saban. I thought, okay, we'll talk Nick Saban, and he's gonna he's gonna kind of give me a typical coach answer, like he's the best there is. Yada yada. He goes, no. He goes, I love Nick Saban's teams because Nick Saban teams skull drag people. He said they drag people's skulls across the field. That's what that felt like. Yeah, I mean, I've seen this coming. Uh, every time you talk about Alabama publicly, Nick Saban comes out and shuts you up. But let me say this about Ole Miss. I could confidently say this. I watched the game. They did move the ball well. They just got bad in, in bad position. I think Lane Kiffin got a little too over-aggressive trying to make the big plays happen and, and keep up with Bama. And his defense got a couple of stops every blue moon. But I don't think Ole Miss would lose another game this year. I really don't think so. Um, I think this Arkansas game is going to be a good test this week. I truly do. I haven't looked at this schedule all the way through. But, man, I, I, I'm still impressed with Matt Corral. He wasn't really bad Saturday. I mean, Will Anderson, he, he's a goon. That dude is yeah. a goon. He's a goon. But, I mean, it was it, all in all, Alabama did Alabama things. What I expect them to do, come out and just blow the doors off of them. That team fired up with Nick Saban and – the criticism he got about beating Florida, now that was yeah, we're know, talk Florida, about that. Yeah, don't worry. yeah but, don't worry. I mean, still, I was still impressed. And, you know, Ole Miss, is, they're going to be just well, fine. Let me ask, okay, so you're talking about Georgia and best chance to beat Alabama. Yeah. I think – I honestly don't know who the Heisman favorite is, but if you had to say a quarterback right now is probably Bryce Young. Yeah. And obviously Georgia would have to beat him probably to win the SEC championship. Has Georgia played an elite quarterback yet? No. DJ, so that's, DJ that's why good. I'm still pumping the brakes a little bit because I don't know that Georgia has played a really good offense yet. They've played good offenses. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that they've played an offense that can stretch them vertically and run the football out. And them. I love my boy Bo, but you know Bo isn't elite. I just Dude, I love Bo's Bo. going to do something stupid next week. He's going yeah, to do something got, crazy. No, I mean I just stupid in a good way. Uh, yeah. And we're going to talk about that because what they did against LSU was nuts. We'll talk about all that. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about the upsets. Talk about a big win from Cincinnati. We'll dive into all that next right here on Second Down. So obviously we talked about the two just nationally televised butt kickings. But let's dive into some other games because typically what happens is we, we all go focus in on some games and then it's the game it's the peripheral games where we're like, okay, we kind of know how these are gonna go. Mm -hmm. They end up biting you. Now I do want to start with Auburn LSU because I can't claim last week I told you something was gonna stupid was gonna happen in this game because something stupid always happens in this game. Yep. And this is the first time this millennia that Auburn has beaten LSU in Death Valley. First time since 1999, our good friend Cole Kubelik was on the field playing for Auburn the last time they beat LSU at LSU. Their head coach was Senator Tommy Tupperville the last time they beat LSU at LSU. But, I mean, Bo Nix was, I, I say this in the most complimentary terms, he was Johnny Manziel yeah. Yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. And, and just that play where he threw it to Dylan Fromm, I believe is the uh, is the brother that's down at uh, Auburn, who caught that pass from his tight end position where he just he scrambled for what seemed like twenty minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he'd be like the ultimate champion of flag football because you just can't get a hand on him. Mm -hmm. But just scrambled around, scrambled around, scrambled around, and then getting hit. Like that's the one thing about the Johnny Manziel touchdown against mm -hmm. Alabama that everyone always replays is, yeah, it was ridiculous and he some of the scrambles hit. and he got grabbed and he kind of spun around. But when he threw it, mm -hmm. he was clean. Yeah, right. Bo Nix was getting laid out and just threw a laser to the back of the end zone for a touchdown, and they end up winning that football game. And he had a bunch of plays like that, and it's just 
I don't know if you're Brian Harson and Mike Bobo, how you call plays where you're like, all right, this is going to be a quick timing pattern, two-step mm-hmm. drop, you're going to hit the slant, we're going to get – no. He's like, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I appreciate the idea, but here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to take the snap, and I'm going to spin out of a perfectly good pocket. I'm going to get pressured by a linebacker, and then I'm going to spin back inside the pocket, and then I'm going to kind of shake my head a little bit, and then I'm going to throw it. It's going to be the sickest six-yard gain you've ever seen in your life. Yep. And it worked. I don't know how lucky he's going to be or if he's going to survive doing that against Georgia. Oh, nah. We're going oh. to find out, but that was fun. You know I love Bo. That's the reason why. I, I remember watching him against Oregon. He made that comeback against Herbert, who's lighting up the league right now. And I'm like, I, I'm telling my um, my friends, them, I'm like, he kind of reminds me of, you know, Men- he's not all the way Menzel. Menzel he's he's bigger than Menzel. Yeah. He's not quite as quick. Yeah, he's not quite as, as quick. Johnny, and I'm I don't like, think he, he has the arm Menzel has. He has, has like, the excitement factor of Menzel. Though. I'm like, I like You call this it kid. excitement. His coaches probably call it the, <laughs> the hell you doing factor. Like, I, I'm like, man, I, I, I like this kid. So I kept watching him. You saw him take down Alabama the same year. I'm like, this kid is exciting. And he put on the show, you know, Saturday night in Death Valley. I was, it's, I'm, I was happy. You know I was. I'm like, Bo got another big win. He does it again. But uh, against Georgia, I, it, see, I, I love Bo. So when I'm watching, I'm just going to be like, man. Care about him. Yeah, yeah I care about hurt. him, but Don't it's going to be a long week. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> I'm curious what kind of game plan they design. I think Tank Bigsby is going to be a big part of it, but Georgia's rush defense is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The pass rush has been crazy, first in the SEC in sacks. So, I mean, could yeah. be a long day for Auburn on the Plains. But then again, who you know? I mean, I mean, what do you know? They, they are a one-loss team by one possession in Happy Valley. The number four team in the country. Right, and they're just a bad play Close. call away, I think. Three now. I think they, according to the AP, I think Penn State's up to three now, and then four is Oklahoma, and then five is Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah, 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 come yeah, on, no, man. One of those teams will lose. I mean, they, one of those teams is going to lose. Now it's going to be who do they yeah. jump over Cincinnati because I think Ohio State's starting to make some noise. And if Ohio State gets some wins, i.e. over Penn State, I think Ohio State, right now I think Ohio State's one of the four best teams in the country. But we're going to save that conversation yeah. for a little bit later uh, in the week because we still have this entire weekend mm-hmm. uh, to talk about. The hell happened to Oregon? I, I told you it was cu- it was coming. Yeah, I but, said but they were going to lose Stanford. It's 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 okay. You just said what happened to Oregon? It's Oregon. They Oregon? Yeah, they like Oregon. Clemsoning. They yeah, Oregon? Clemsoning. They Oregon. Right. Got got a lot of respect for Oregon, but it, they Pac-12 teams. This is what they do. We we hyped up UCLA after being LSU and having some big wins. They lay an egg. Oregon beats Ohio State. Oh, they're going to be a top four team. They lay egg. It was it was coming soon. This is what the Pac-12 does. They haven't gotten a play a team in the playoffs since what Washington. Yes. And they got boat raced by Alabama in twenty. I wanted to say that was twenty fifteen. Yep. So, you know, this is what Oregon does and the Pac-12. So I'm happy it happened early. I don't, they're not getting in the playoffs. I, uh, I just so don't think Pac-12's so. Pac-12's done. They're done because I what think happens, Oregon lose what happens, another game. What happens? Okay. What happens if Oregon doesn't lose another game? They win the Pac-12. Ohio State doesn't lose another game. They win the Big Ten, and they're both sitting there for that fourth spot. And Oregon has two losses? Oregon has one loss. One loss? You got to put Oregon in. Do you? Yeah, I mean, who would I their wins be over outside of Ohio State versus true, Ohio State would have some big wins? I look at the head-to-head. You got to respect the head-to-head. That's fair. I do. I do. I respect that. If, if right. And then it's not like Oregon was home. They went into Ohio State in Columbus and beat them. It's true. Speaking of the hell happened to Oregon, <laughs> the hell happened to Florida. I mean, yeah. I, I just want to put this out to you. One team gained 382 yards. The other team gained 224 yards. One of the quarterbacks threw for roughly 80 yards. But the team that gained 200-plus yards and the team that had a quarterback throw for in the 80s won the football game. 
I mean, that was I mean for Dan Mullen being a defensive mastermind and able to just move the ball up and down the field. And he's a quote unquote quarterback whisperer and all the hype coming off of that Alabama performance. They couldn't do anything against Kentucky. It was it was kind of embarrassing watching. Uh Kentucky won that that special teams uh, Yo, block sh- they uh got. shout out uh Trevin Wallace from Wayne County oh, Wayne uh, County. is the okay. one who who caught that blocked field goal and, took and returned it for a touchdown. And if you watched Wayne mm-hmm. County, I would love to get like a former high school coach that had to coach against him because he played for Ken Cribb up in Jessup. And he was a stud, obviously, on both sides of the ball. He's playing mm-hmm. linebacker for Kentucky. He was a Boston College commit for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he played everywhere. And he would have like 300 yards rushing in a game and like 20 tackles. Just Dang. just a stud. So, I mean, when he caught that ball, I was like, yeah, that's to the house. My guy might go. I was Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of that game live and I got to catch that. And I'm like, that's what changed the game. But – if you're Florida, you got to be kind of disappointed. If you're Kentucky, this huge, but you got to be kind of disappointed. You took Alabama to the brink. You're kind of like you're a one-loss team, and everybody's you know condolences, shining you out, giving you props because you took Alabama to the brink. Then you go to Kentucky, and yep. Well, here's what here's what's wild about this now, though, Cam. Is in the SEC East. Here's how it sets up. Kentucky's not going to go undefeated. Their offense nah. hasn't been good enough. They're five and zero. I'll give them a ton of credit. They yeah. are five and zero. They're going to lose some football games. They're probably going to lose to Georgia, and they have a pretty ridiculous rest of their schedule coming up. But looking at Jacksonville now, Georgia can go into Jacksonville and lose, and it doesn't matter. Yep. I think that, I think it's just to the point where I, I don't want to say it because it's too early, but you could say it's 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 wrapped up. SEC East. You have Kentucky at home next week. October 16th. Yeah. So, you got that. You have, so, you, Georgia hits the road. They're at Auburn. Then they come home, and they're playing against the number two team in the SEC East. You still have uh, Tennessee on the schedule, who, I mean, all of a sudden, the hell was that? Yeah, uh, now That's that the hell was shot. Yeah, they, you turn it over, and it's like 42 to 12. They were up like 21 to 3 yeah, at it was a nuts. point. I was like, I, I was with BJ. And I'm like, wow, uh, I didn't – I didn't. and Missouri well, no, was at no, home, right? I called this one. I told you guys you did, he was going to win that football game. You did. But, I can't argue that. You but did. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I mean, Josh Heupel could put up some points, yeah. but that, I didn't think it was going to be – And I got a lot of respect for Missouri, too. Uh, they were pretty decent last year um, in that COVID season. but I wonder how much of that like st- slow start was. It was an early game. I think it's a, what, an 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. kick out there. It's an early game, and they were coming off that heartbreaking overtime loss in Boston – last week mm. so i mean i wonder how much that's low start but again credit to tennessee they looked really good uh this one's n- but going back quickly to florida embarrassing loss and they, they they're probably done like you said two losses in the okay. sec east when you have georgia up there and now kentucky i mean kentucky would have to lose twice for florida to no kentucky would have to lose three times three times for florida to pass them so it's uh <laughs> florida, florida might be done in the sec east we're actually going to play a game on three and out coming up tomorrow called Stick a Fork in Them, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Florida might be on that list. And then, not an upset, but it felt like one. Cincinnati over Notre Dame shouldn't be an upset. It was weird. Yeah, Cincinnati was ranked two spots higher than Notre Dame coming into this game. Mm-hmm. They were a favorite according to Vegas, but it just felt like yeah. they still felt like the underdog, and that's that G five. And Notre Dame's not even a power five, but that's that G five versus blue blood kind of mentality. I don't know why we're surprised, even though I did pick Notre Dame in this game. I picked Cincy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hey, but I love. I, I don't know why we're surprised looking back at it in hindsight. Cincinnati, I think, maybe just kind of underwhelmed early. Mm-hmm. Like they they struggled to beat Indiana, and then Notre Dame was coming off just dismantling Wisconsin in the fourth quarter, which for whatever that means now, because Wisconsin's what one and four or one and three on the season one now, and three, and, and just got blown out by Michigan. But Cincinnati had just kind of looked okay 
mm-hmm. coming into this game. But that defense is real. And yeah. if they can get some things figured out on offense, because they are still struggling on offense. They scored 24 points in that game. Cincinnati, they could possibly, but probably not, be the first team to make it from the G5 into the college football playoff. I'm going to say probably not because I don't think Ohio State's going to lose again. And I no. think you'll get two in from the SEC. And it's basically going to come down to, do you put them in over a uh, one-loss Oregon, one-loss Oklahoma, or an undefeated Oklahoma, or a one-loss Ohio State? It sucks, though. Uh, for one, okay, let's say this. Des- Desmond Ritter is a uh, NFL quarterback. He looked really I thought really he looked pretty good. okay. He, he looked he, good he's, to me. He, he's, throwing, he's overthrown a lot of passes. He's yeah. not on time with the throws. He's got the build and he's got the arm for it, but he's, he looked a lot better last year. I like the in mobility, my opinion. though. I like oh, he's the super mobility. mobile, but I thought I he looked it. better, in my opinion, last year. Yeah, I mean, but going to South Bend, that's, that, that was that's oh, pretty for sure. hard. Yeah, that was pretty hard. I, I, like, the fa- I like what Cincinnati that did. Was like, I, that was the first time in 20-something games they had lost at home. Wow. Dang, that's been a long time. But I will say this. I think Cincinnati should be the number four team. I just I, I watched Oklahoma. I, I'm not impressed this year. They're just getting by. They're gonna, I think they may take – and I like Rattler. I think they may take two L's this year. They're just getting by Oregon. I think they'll get another loss. Now, I, I said last week, I think Ohio State will finish in that top four. I think if you look at outside Penn State, yeah. their schedule favors now, them heavily. They, they, they beat Rutgers, so let's be fair about that. I know Rutgers <laughs> started 3-0, and and Shiano's like the only coach in the world that can revive that program. He's done it twice now. Uh, but you, you beat up on Rutgers. But C.J. Stroud, I think he's got a little bit more mm-hmm. confidence going for him now. But still... And the one huge game we've seen them play, they got beat by Oregon, mm-hmm. and they got dismantled. Like Oregon was able to do whatever they wanted to against them. So I haven't been inherently worried about Ohio State's offense. It's been their defense that I've been worried about. I, just, I, I thought you needed to be patient with C.J. Stroud, and they 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 kind of caved to the fan pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of said it was an injury, but you could tell it was like, hey, we're going to play this other kid. But now C.J. Stroud's back. And I think he's their guy going forward. I think he's really good. He just looks like the next Ohio State quarterback. He's going to hit the short stuff, and then if it's open deep, he's going to hit it deep for the big play. So I think Ohio State right now is one of the four best teams in the country. I want to take a break. I want to come back because, Cam, I did. I got a lot of chicken scratch over here on my notepad because I was trying to put some historical perspective behind how good Georgia's defense has been. Oh, good. I thought you was going to say something else. In I don't 2021. Want... We're not talking about the Falcons. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't want to touch Don't that. worry. Even though it's the, <laughs> it's the fourth time in Matt Ryan's career, per Michael Rothstein of ESPN, that he's thrown four touchdowns with no interceptions and lost. I, I saw it live yesterday. Yeah, Cam had to suffer the misery <laughs> firsthand. So uh, we're not gonna. I think we're going to stick with uh, some college football today. Maybe Kevin and uh, Ben will dive into the misery. But we're sticking with the happy stuff. We're talking college football. We're going to put some perspective on how good Georgia's defense has been. Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Georgia's defense has been ridiculous to start 2021. I don't think there's any arguing that fact. It's the best defense right now inside college football. And – Sure, they haven't played what we would consider an elite offense, but they have played some good offenses thus far and have absolutely dismantled them. Have they played some bad offenses? Yeah, and they absolutely dismantled them as well. So it's been really fun to watch this Georgia offense early this season, but I, like a lot of people, am super hesitant to crown or label someone as great especially during a season, right? At the end of a season, and we could get some historical context on it, 
I'm more okay saying something's great, but typically for me, it takes a couple of years. You know, you get the nostalgia on top of it and the hindsight, and you're like, okay, that team was great. But it's our job to go and look through and say, okay, how good is this unit? How good is this 2021 Georgia team? And I thought two stats stood out to me, and it both has to do with scoring because that's when it comes down to it, scoring is what matters. A lot of teams play defenses different ways some of them like to play bimba don't break and it all comes down to what gets put on the scoreboard mm-hmm. right so i came down to two things because georgia's played five games i came down through touchdowns given up through five games and i came down to total touchdowns in a season per game mm-hmm. right and so i went back and i was like okay let me find the elite defenses and i, I didn't want to go past 2000 okay right because i just feel like the game's changed so much with how it's played uh, and how you attack defenses that I didn't want to overlap it with the 90s and the 80s and the 70s. I, I wanted to stick with the 2000s on. And so I came with, up with six teams that I feel like they had the best defenses of the 2000s. 2006 Florida, which was just nuts. You had Jarvis Moss, Brandon Spice, Reggie Nelson, so many NFL players on that defense, national champions. Okay. All right. I came up with 2008 USC, Brian Cushing, Ray Maluga, uh, Clay Matthews, okay. right? Rose Bowl champs over Penn State in 2008. Mm-hmm. Came up with 2009 Nebraska, obviously in Dominican Sue and them boys out there just mm-hmm. he wrecking people, right? Uh, we have 2011 or two teams from 2011, LSU and Alabama. Both of them played yeah. in the national championship. That LSU Ooh. team had eight NFL defense, future NFL defensive linemen, eight future NFL defensive backs, including mm-hmm. Eric Reed and the Honey Badger. Then, of course, Alabama uh, in 2011, just you had Rolanda McClain, Courtney Upshaw, Hightower, just dudes. A lot of those guys were also on the 2009 Alabama defense as well, just a little bit younger. So those are the, those are the teams I found. So let's run through them real quick. And just we'll, we'll go through the the total touchdowns they gave up through five games and the touchdowns per game that they gave up. Florida in 2006, through five games, they've given up five touchdowns. Okay. That's a touchdown a game. That ain't yep. bad. For the season, they gave up 1.3 touchdowns per game, which is nuts. That's elite, right? Mm-hmm. 2008 USC, through five games, they've given up six touchdowns. Majority of those, I think four of them coming against Oregon State, mm-hmm. which was their lone loss of the season, but kept them out of the national championship. And then for the season, though, 1.1 touchdowns given up per game. Absurd, Amazing. right? 2009 Nebraska, uh, again, led by Dominican Sue. Four touchdowns through five games to start the season. Gave up one touchdown per game for the entire season. 2009 Alabama. They gave up seven touchdowns through the first five games. And they mm-hmm. actually gave up more than that. I think they gave up two kick return touchdowns. Uh, but we're only doing defensive. And for the year, 1.2 touchdowns per game. That's insane. Right? And then the yeah. two teams that met in the 2011 uh, National Championship game, LSU gave up seven touchdowns through five games and one touchdown per game for the season. Alabama in 2011, this is stupid, five touchdowns in the first five games, .7 touchdowns per game <laughs> in 2011, and won the BCS National Championship. Yeah. So, I mean, those teams are ridiculous. Those numbers are ridiculous. Again, 1.3, 1, 1, 1.1, 1.2, 7. That's silly. Mm-hmm. Georgia through five games has given up one touchdown. Yeah, that's crazy. That's .2 touchdowns per game if you spread that out for the season. Yeah. Man. And I'm looking, and Cam, I'm not seeing an elite offense until you get to Atlanta. And I'm not talking about Georgia Tech. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, like, through five games, you're supposed to give up a touchdown when you're up big yeah. and you put in your second team guys, and that's how you gave up your one. Mm -hmm. That's how you gave up your one, yeah. But, like, you're supposed to give up a score with three minutes to go in the football game and, and somebody just, just hops on the board because you have a blown coverage and a misassignment inside of your secondary because you're throwing guys on and off the field. It's supposed to happen. I, I would put it like this. Just like we say they haven't seen an elite offense, I don't think there's a country, a team in the country that's seen an elite defense either. So you could say that. I mean, I'm just – man, I don't want to be that guy – to say I'm I'm looking forward to this showdown because it's a lot of football to be played. Injuries. I don't think anybody should ever look forward to playing yeah. Alabama ever. But it's it's like you you're a college football lover, regardless. I mean we all. I mean Georgia hasn't won since we've been alive. But you love it's college true. football. Um, I've loved watching it for a long time. I'm just me personally. I feel like Georgia and Alabama is a cut above everybody. I, I would I would agree right now like their performance level has been higher mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of that has to do with recruits and stacking and I do think a fascinating thing about this season is the amount of experience that some teams have mm -hmm. that's why I think Arkansas is so good right now because they have some of those super seniors mm -hmm. on their team and just guys who have played a lot of football uh, but what's stunning to me is George has been this good on defense and Tyke Smith hasn't played a snap. And he's an all-American yeah. transfer and in your secondary. Gilbert, right, JT well, Daniels hasn't been but that's, there. That's, that's offensively. Yeah, that's but I'm just, offensively. I'm just talking about on defense. Yeah. And you, you're starting to rotate guys in. Like Keely Ringo, you didn't know how good the secondary was going to be. He might be one of the best corners in the SEC. Mm -hmm. uh, he's put up absurd stats. I know you saw his like, first couple drives against Clemson. And you saw the passing appearances and stuff like that, and everyone's freaking out. Freshman. Dude's been legit, and he beat out a senior for that starting spot. Yeah, I, I'm excited. And this is really his first significant playing time because he mm -hmm. was a freshman last year, but he was hurt all mm -hmm. last year. This is the first playing time we've seen from him, and he's been silly good. Man, I, look, I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I do think Alabama and Georgia will play twice this year. Twice. I mean, so you know I what that means. I wouldn't bet against that. Yeah, that, would, that, that, that would be either in the SEC Championship in the semifinals or SEC Championship National Championship. It scares me that we play Alabama twice because you're going to lose one of those games. That's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it just goes. go ahead and lose in the SEC Championship yeah, if you're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, just do that. But, no, I, I will say this, though. We haven't seen either Georgia's defense is really good and we think some of these teams' offenses are just Bad. We'll see what Arkansas does and how they respond against yeah. Ole Miss this week. We they that might be an elite offense just going against a generational defense. We might we never know that. But I agree. I don't think this team is going to give up a lot of touchdowns. Here's and again, I hate prognosticating when we're five weeks into the season to a game that's going to come what week fourteen or week fifteen when the SEC yeah. championship December. I think yeah. if Georgia does have, I, I think they both exploit the weakness of the other – relative weakness of the other defense well. I think Alabama can throw the football better than anybody in the country, and I'll say that. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I believe that in my heart like because watching the games, you see some other teams that put up more passing yards, mm -hmm. but they don't have better receivers and they don't have a better quarterback than Bryce Young and John Mechie and those dudes that Alabama has. They don't. Just Alabama likes to be a little bit more balanced, but – Alabama, if you just lay it all out there, NFL talent, scheme, play calling, they have the best offense or the best passing attack in college football. I'd say better than Ole Miss. Bryce Young is special. I mean, Bryce Young yeah. is silly. And the way yeah. he can navigate the pocket, what he can do with the football in his hands, he's silly good. And Matt Corral's awesome. Love watching him play college football. But mm -hmm. there's not a John Mechie on Ole Miss's team. No. And they got three or four more dudes who are going to go to the NFL from the wide receiver position mm -hmm. as well. So they have the best 
passing game in college football if they play if they play Georgia, which obviously we're all assuming they're going to, if they play Georgia, Georgia will not be tested by someone who can throw the football like that until they get to Atlanta. And move like Flip that. side of that is I don't know that Alabama is going to see anybody that's as multiple on offense as Georgia is. Georgia can be whatever you want them to be. If, if you want to say, hey, we're going to stack the box, all right, fine. Depending on how healthy JT Daniels is, we're going to throw the football down the field. If mm-hmm. you want to sit back like Arkansas did, we're going to put three guys down and then play a 3-3-5 cover. Mm-hmm. It, we're going to run the football down your throat. And we saw that last year. As much as we complained about Georgia's run game last year, Kendall Milton, as a true freshman, went to Tuscaloosa and was just running into the teeth of that Alabama defense and was picking up huge chunks of yardage. Right, so I, I think you both of these teams kind of fit up with the relative weakness of the other team. But again, this is so early. We're five weeks into a twelve-game uh, schedule. This is so much can change. Injuries happen. Teams catch fire. I mean, if you just want to think about it from a Georgia perspective, in two thousand seven, this time of the year, no one was thinking about Georgia at all. And then all of a sudden, Georgia catches fire, and they're arguing for a chance to play for the national championship by the end of the mm-hmm. year. Go to the Sugar Bowl and beat up on Hawaii. So. It's just it's so early in the season right now. Again, I think we all buried Ohio State after that Oregon loss, and I still think they're going to be a team yeah. that makes it into the college football playoff. So it's early, but I like where your head's at because <laughs> you're starting to get like BJ where you're like, if you're Georgia, do you lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game? So if you play them again, then you can, yeah, you can beat thought, them in the – As soon as Bama won Saturday, that's what was going through my head. I, I would say this, Cam. If you lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, then you put your fate into somebody else's hands. You're having to trust all of the people <laughs> in the college football playoff committee to be like, oh, nope, Georgia, even though they're not a, a conference champ, they deserve to be in. You have to trust that. And then you you might have to play Alabama again. Yeah, Back-to-back games. Yeah, and, you gotta you yeah. got to trust that. So it's, uh, it's fascinating, but – yeah, and then some other team would be a sacrificial lamb potentially mm-hmm. in the national championship game, but we'll we'll find out. But I, obviously, these are the two best teams in the country right now. I I don't think any of the other 128 teams, if you put them up against the other ones, they're not going to be favored. No, and it might there might not be a team to where it's a single score spread. Those are the two best teams. Point blank, period. I don't think anybody's even close. Everybody's. Tier one, and everybody's like in tier three. I don't even think there's a tier two even close to them. But I can tell you this. Prepare for the rest of the week for me to hype you up on how good Auburn is and why this will be a close game <laughs> no, and I, why Auburn should be, could potentially win this football game. So get ready for it. I did it for UAB. I did it for uh, I did it for uh, Arkansas this past week. Mm-hmm. So just get ready for it because uh, as the week goes, we're going to read some stuff like, oh, man, Bo Nix, you know, agile quarterback. You might be able to see it. He's done it to – I mean, look, my dude's yeah. already done it to Alabama yeah. and to uh, LSU – in his career. And so, Oregon. I mean, look, he's just yeah. looking to hang that Georgia pelt on his wall as well. So, yeah. we'll find out. we got to take a break, though. We'll come back with more second down after this. Today on 3 and Out, we'll be joined by Brooks Austin of Dogs Daily on SI.com. Going to break down that win over Arkansas, uh, just how good Georgia has been so far. And we'll get the latest on JT Daniels per Kirby Smart. Not throwing today at practice. Going to try to get him thrown again coming up tomorrow and see how he's doing the rest of the week. Or it could be a guy who already has a win over Auburn in his career, Stetson Bennett, getting the start again for Georgia. So we'll ask Brooks about that. We'll also be joined by the one and only D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I know Cam was in the stadium to see the Falcons blow it. D. Orlando Ledbetter, of course, in the stands to see the Atlanta Falcons blow it. So we'll catch up with D-Led. I get the latest as the Falcons are off to a 1-3 start under the new regime. But showing some fight. 
showing some fight on offense. The oh, defense is man. bad, but I don't know if we expected anything else. And then coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, we'll be joined by our good friend Jake Roos from Dogs HQ, a member of the On3 Network. Uh, and he's going to, again, recap that Arkansas game with us and then take a look at what is a weird Auburn team, a team that only lost by a score to Penn State and then went and beat LSU in Death Valley, but just doesn't seem like all the pieces are fitting together quite yet for Auburn. So all that coming up on 3 and Out with uh, Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop. B.J. Bennett out today. He'll be back tomorrow. But, Cam, quickly here, we got about 30 seconds. To you, what was the most impressive win of the weekend where you came away with a completely different perspective of a team? Probably Kentucky over Florida. That's what I was going to go yeah. with. I think Kentucky was, was super unproven. We hadn't really seen their offense start clicking. They were all talking about how they're going to start airing it out, but it was Chris Rodriguez uh, playing running back in that defense and a big special team play uh, from Jessup's own Trevin Wallace getting the win there for Kentucky. I thought that was the most impressive win of the weekend. Big win for Mark Stoops. As much as he wants to kind of downplay it, that was a huge win. Three and out coming up next year on ESPN Radio. Check out our show on ESPNCoastal.com.